the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Friend, God is a person of deeply hidden and personal significance. God is a person, humble, small, yet huge in significance, deeply hidden from our view, yet very much alive to the eye that seeks to find Him. The Holy Spirit helps us to find the humble God in our lives, who is our home. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentanko is the conclusion to a message he calls, Where is the One? You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, and you are always welcome. The broadcast is also streamed live at reachinghearts.org slash video. We'll have details on that and more as we continue with today's broadcast. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentango. The Hebrew reads literally, I have given to you Shechem, the one. Now, how many is missing in the number 70? Come on. One. And right here, I have given you Shechem, Achad, the one. Where is the one? The text indicates that the one lives on in the line of Shechem. That is why Joseph was buried at Shechem, as recorded in Genesis 24-32. He was buried there. The bones of Joseph, which the people of Israel brought up from Egypt, were buried at where? What does it say? At Shechem, in the portion of ground which Jacob brought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of money. It became an inheritance of the descendants of Joseph. So the Shechemites live on through the line of Joseph. Why is Shechem with that awful name the future ancestral inheritance for the descendants of Joseph? Why did God through Jacob perpetuate the name Shechem through the line of Joseph? Why did they not avoid the shame but instead embrace it? On one side of things, we come to Dina. And there is a missing granddaughter in the line of Leah. It has to be plugged in. And Dina is the absent one where no one's mentioned. On the other side, in Egypt, we have Joseph whose children by Asenath will perpetuate the name and legacy of Shechem into the future. And there are only three that we can account for, but there must be four in Egypt based on the numbering. These facts point us to the person of Joseph's wife, Asenath, as the key to resolving the mystery of where is the one. Have I said before in this sermon series on Joseph, when I started this series, I shared with you that the rabbis believe that Asenath is Dina's daughter. And I said, I can't prove this. But I believe it's so because it seems the evidence is putting there. Today I can tell you we can prove it. That Asenath is Dina's daughter. As I said before the sermon series, that Potiphar who took Joseph into his house was a Saris eunuch in the Hebrew. The rabbis knew this. The rabbis agreed with this. And they understood that he was a eunuch. And so as a Saris eunuch, he couldn't have children. The same word is used in Daniel 1.9 for Ashpenaz, the chief of the eunuchs, the Saris. They also agreed that Potiphar, who bought Joseph from the Midianite traders, 
is in reality the patafera. Notice the ah. The difference between Potiphar and patafera is the ah at the end of patafera. That he's the same as the Potiphera who supplied his daughter Asenath to Joseph, who became Joseph's wife at the command of Pharaoh. They connected the dots, same person. The rabbis believe Joseph lived in the same house with Asenath, Potiphar's adopted daughter, Joseph's future wife. Now that's a lot of conclusions to arrive at. The Greek Old Testament translators supported this conclusion. Second century BC, when they translated the Hebrew Bible to Greek, they used the same word for Potiphar and Potiphera. They recognize it's the same name. So who is this Asenath, daughter of Potiphera, understood by the ancient rabbinical scholars who went over every word, every line of the Bible, letter by letter, understood Potiphar to be Potiphera? Who is this person? This Asenath, daughter of Potiphar. Let's consider the rabbinical traditions. Rabbi Eliezer, I'm quoting a scholarly article by Asenath, the wife of Joseph, the Haggitic Literary Historical Study. Let me just take you through it. Dina was the mother of Asenath. Her brothers wished her to be put to death because if this were not done, it would be said that a daughter of illicit intercourse was tolerated in the house of Jacob. Jacob, however, suspended around her neck a golden lozenge. Here's the tradition of which he had engraved the holy name, Yahweh, understood, and sent her, Dina, away. And Michael brought her to Egypt, where she, Asenath, was brought up in the house of the childless Potiphar. Notice that they connected the dots there. The Potiphar had to be a eunuch or a childless father figure. Rabbi Bakya, claiming to cite a more original version of Rabbi Eliezer's tradition, states that the wings of the great eagle carried Dina's daughter away into the wilderness. Here I'm quoting. When Jacob and his sons, Simeon and Levi, had found out that Dina was the child by Shechem, they threatened her with death if the seed of Shechem should be born. When the day approached in which Dina was to give birth, she went out into the wilderness. There she gave birth to a girl. She laid the child down and stationed herself weeping beside a thorn bush, an eagle whose nest was in Egypt where it received its sustenance from the sacrifices of the god On, the deity of the Egyptians, carried off the child and brought it to the altar of On. On the following morning, when Potiphar, the priest of On, ascended the altar for the purpose of burning incense, he noticed the girl. He rushed back to his house in great haste and related the miracle to his wife. Both of them hastened forthwith to the temple of On, where they found the child protected by the outspread wings of the eagle. Isn't that a nice little traditional fairy tale kind of story? The wings of the eagle. It sounds like Revelation 12. You know, the wings of the eagle was given to the woman. She went into the wilderness. Now, the 19th century rabbinical scholar, Rav Yaakov Tzvi Mecklenburg, I pronounced it, posited in the Haktav HaKabalah commentaries, I did that too, on Genesis 46-27, Exodus 1-5, that Asenath is the unnamed... Now here's what he said. He said, Asenath is the unnamed 70th person to comprise the full number of Israel's offspring that journeyed down to Egypt. He came to the same conclusion I did. Now I didn't know he had come to this conclusion until I researched this point. I am following the track of the rabbis to figure out who this is. Now while this view was not universal among the rabbis... It was prominent among the Midrashim, the more ancient rabbis, who read the Torah word for word and letter for letter, who counted every name and every number, who did the math. A summer of these traditions provided in the famous 1901-1906 Jewish Encyclopedia. Let me just work through it. That Joseph called the righteous 
should have married a heathen wife seemed objectionable to the rabbis. And they consequently state that she was the child of Nina, the daughter of Jacob, born after violence and had been done by Shechem, the son of Hamor. When her brothers had learned of the birth of an illegitimate child in their family, they wanted to kill the child in order to prevent public disgrace. But Jacob placed upon the child's neck a talismanic plate engraved with the name of God and according to one version, left her exposed under a thorn bush. Now notice how they reasoned here. Sanah, which is the word for thorn bush, whence came the name of the girl, Asenath. So the rabbis understood that Asenath is coming from the word Sanah, that means thorn bush. And the angel Gabriel carried her to the house of Potiphar in Egypt, where the latter's wife, being childless, reared her as her own daughter, according to another version, Jacob had the child exposed under the walls of Egypt. Her crying attracted the attention of Potiphar, who was passing at the time. Stories about Asenath, somewhat similar to the Medrishic traditions, are found in Syriac and Arabic literatures. Some of the rabbis asserted that Dina's daughter ended up in Potiphar's house with Joseph, whom they also held to be the same person as Asenath's father, based on these connections. So the Potipharah, of Genesis 41, 45, Genesis 41, 50, Genesis 46, 20, who is the father of Asenath, in their clear Hebrew analyzing, would have been Potiphar, who bought Joseph. Rabbi Aaron ben Garson, a 15th century rabbi, states the following, I found it written in the sayings of our teachers that Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, was the daughter of Shechem, the son of Hamor, who violated Dina, When Dina gave birth to a girl, she exposed it in the open field. The eagle came, carried the child away, laid it upon the altar of Potiphar, who had her brought up in his house, and then gave her in marriage to Joseph. Now this thing gets more sticky, the way they viewed this. In the Babylonian Talmud, Soda 13b, we find more rabbinical explanation concerning Potiphar as Potipharah. It goes, the continuation of that verse states, and Potiphar, an officer... They use the word Ceres for eunuch of Pharaohs. The captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the hand of the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. And Rob says he purchased the handsome Joseph for himself for the intended purpose of homosexual intercourse, but was unable to fulfill his desires. As the angel Gabriel came and castrated Potiphar, then Gabriel came again and further mutilated him in the same part of the body. This is alluded to in the verse that write Potiphar's name differently. In other words, they're saying the reason for the change from Potiphar to Potipharah was to feminize the name. Initially it is written Potiphar, and in the end it is written Potipharah. The change in his name indicates that a part of himself was mutilated. Now while their traditions don't prove a thing, they don't prove a thing in and of themselves, they do, however, alert us to the fact that these rabbinical sages recognized the evidence in the Torah that Asenath, Joseph's wife, was Dina's daughter, and thus the adopted daughter of the eunuch Potiphar. That's how they connected the dots. They read their Old Testament exactly the same way I've laid it out in this series. Here's a review in summary and conclusion. We will get to the point. Number one. There are 66 souls that went down to Egypt when Jacob left to meet Joseph. And that leaves how many in Egypt? Four. Number two. Of the four in Egypt, we can only account for three. Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Number three. Seventy offspring of Jacob went to Egypt in all. Number four. There is one missing, and that missing one must be in Egypt. 
Number five, there is a missing granddaughter in the head count to complete the number 70 in Genesis 46. We have to justify the plural for granddaughters. Number six, there is a missing granddaughter in the line of Leah necessary to complete the number of 33. Number seven, Dina is the only person of the 70 in Leah's line where no child is mentioned at all, and that's where the focus is at. Number eight, the Bible evidence indicates that the line of Shechem and Hamor lived on through the line of Joseph. So somehow, through Israel, Shechem and Hamor have offspring. Number nine, Potiphar and Potiphar are the same person, and he was a eunuch, and that means Asenath was his adopted daughter. The Hebrew uses the word eunuch for him. Number ten, now this is the point that the rabbis never saw. I'm convinced of this. I don't think they counted Leah's children either, but they got there. Maybe some did. We don't have a record of it. But this point they didn't see. And how did this one happen? I was driving home from Chattanooga, Tennessee, from my parents' house. And I'm praying and listening to Genesis all the way home. Does it matter when we pray and study the Bible? Tell me. Yeah. And as I was driving, I was just struggling with the name Asenath. There's got to be one more piece to this thing. Nine points. You know, God works with ten, right? Ten commandments, the covenant. There's got to be another clue that seals the deal so it's, it's locked tight. And it hit me as I was driving down the road. Why don't you look at the Hebrew characters of the name and do the numerical gematria account and see what they add up as numbers? So I pulled over inside the car, I got on the internet, got the chart out, started working through it in the Hebrew. I have a Hebrew database. I have a library on my cell phone. And I was doing it. I'm praying, Lord, let me see. Number 10, the added Hebrew letter Ayan in the name Potipharah. Now say that name with me, Potipharah. Now you know how we pronounce the ah at the end of Potipharah? Practice it with me. Potipharah, ah. You can say, ah, come on. Ah, get a deep ah out there. Now, in Hebrew, that was not pronounced. But that ah that we say in English is the letter ayin in Hebrew. That's the letter that's added. Scholars say, well, why on earth was that put there? You know, the rabbis said it feminized the name. People are struggling. That ayin is out of place. The Septuagint Greek leaves it out in the translation of the Greek. The added Hebrew letter ayin in the name Potipharah, the ayin, is the final key for identifying the unnamed granddaughter who is 70. It is the answer. It's right here in the text. In the Proto-Sinai script, this hanging ayin letter was written as the ideogram or the picture of an eye looking back at you on the page. So when you wrote the ayin, you'd write an eye. It was the alphabetic letter. It was an eye. The ayin letter ending that is out of place in the full name Asenoth, daughter of Potiphar, ah. Now what's the ah again? Ah is the ayin I. It means, as I said, I in Hebrew. Now, the Bible talks about the eye of understanding. You ever like it when people look you in the eye? So I don't. I'm a little bit on the autism spectrum, I'm told. Eye contact for me, I have to really work at it. Others aren't, don't have to work at it. I have to work at it. But eye contact communicates a connection, doesn't it? The ayin eye represents the eye of understanding to the ancients like the eye of Hathor that heals the wounds and restores the life, or the eye of Ra that shows the way to the light of the sun. In the full name, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, the Ayin, attached to the end. There is this extra Hebrew letter, the unwanted Ayin, at the end of the name where we get the sound ah at the end of it in our English, but it's not there in the Hebrew. It was silent. 
The Ayin was not translated in the Greek Old Testament, as I said, because the Greek rabbinical translators knew very well that this Ayin letter did not belong there in the name of Potiphar. It should just be Potiphar, not Potipharah. Why the Ah then? Why the Ayin? It is a letter with a mission, friend, placed deliberately on the page. The full name Asenath, daughter of Potiphar. At the very end, the Ayin is added to tell us something about Asenath to identify and solve the riddle of who is the one. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Without a sound in the English language, that Ayan letter is silent, yet it speaks to us. The Ayan tells us something about Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar. Ayan. See, look. In the ancient Hebrew, that Ayan wasn't pronounced at all. It was a letter with no sound, like the daughter of Dina, with no name, no voice in Israel, no cry, and yet she can be seen. She can be discerned in the narrative. The Ayan is the eye that is looking back at you, telling you that Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, deserves a real strong stare of the eye, at the eye of understanding, Ayan eye. Where is the one, and who is the one who is 70? The unnamed granddaughter that is needed for Leah's line of 33. She only has 32. Where's the one that makes 33? The granddaughter that's missing. The unnamed granddaughter that is needed so Dina can have a future. And the unnamed granddaughter necessary to complete the 70. Where is the one? The Ayan letter debated by scholars for being there in that name is the sign that we need to see the way to understand what is going on in Joseph's life. In the Hebrew numbering system, the gematria, that Ayan letter is a number in Hebrew. It's not just an unsounded consonant. It represents a number. The Ayan letter that doesn't belong there is the I. You know, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. It means one, bait, second letter, two, so on. After you get the ten, you start going ten, twenty, thirty, forty, so on. The Ayan letter that doesn't belong there is the I looking back at you on the page, and it is the number seventy. The Ayan letter in Hebrew means 70. Where is the one who is 70? Asenath is Dina's daughter and Potipharah's adopted daughter. The rabbis got it right. The traditions, uh, it's a different thing. Because that one little letter matters all the difference in the world in identifying that lonely and lost little girl with no voice, no sound, who is the one who is 70. Where is the one who is Dina's daughter? That was nothing but harm and calamity. Her name, Asenath, comes from the word Ason for harm, calamity, evil, or Senath for thornbush, which is related. The awesome kind of trouble that Jacob dreaded all his life if Benjamin should go down to Egypt. He says, don't let Benjamin go. You'll bring awesome upon me. Trouble like Asenath. Asenath is the one who is 70. There are four in Egypt. Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim, Manasseh are three. 
Who is the other one? The number 70 is planted right in her name designate. Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, Ayan, 70. Joseph is her kinsman redeemer, and she is the eye of understanding his life. God saved her like he saved him. The Ayan eye that is the number 70, the eye that heals the whole world with the understanding that God cares immensely for everyone. Asa's name in Hebrew means harm, calamity, evil, and pain. Her life was one of pain. It's related to the Hebrew word sanah for thornbush. The rabbis knew this, and I do too. Like the one the Lord was in on Mount Sinai, the same word is used for the burning bush, the sanah burning bush. Friend, God is in the thornbush. And there He can be found. His voice speaks through the thornbush. God cares about the one who is 70, rejected, hidden, alone, abandoned, unnamed, yet numbered still. Yet to be found by the grace and mercy of the great God of Israel who seeks the lost. Moses blessed the family of Joseph with the blessing. The deepest truth found in the name Asenath derived from the thornbush, Sanah. The Hebrew Sanah for thornbush is part of the divine blessing for the family of Joseph. Because God lives in the thorn bush. God lives in this little girl of rejected and abandoned by the family of bigots that threw her away because of her untimely birth. And God turns the evil into good. He turns the minuses into positives in His divine kind of math. The anonymous writer said, life is a math equation. In order to gain the most, you have to know how to convert negatives into positives. Friend, God dwells in the thorn bush. Deuteronomy 33, 13-16. Moses here is blessing Joseph. And notice what he says. And of Joseph, he said, Blessed by the Lord be his land, with the choicest gifts of heaven above and of the deep that couches beneath, with the choicest fruits of the sun and the rich yield of the months, with the finest produce of the ancient mountains, and the abundance of the everlasting hills, with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him that dwelt literally in the thorn bush, the Sanaa. Let these come upon the head of Joseph and upon the crown of the head of him that is prince among his brothers. Where is the one? Where is the one? Asenath is the one who was the Sanaa Thornbush waiting for her prince to give her a future and a hope. Dislocated from her family, found in Egypt like Joseph was by God's providence. The Bible says God sent a man. Joseph said God has sent me to preserve life. God sent Joseph to preserve life, to save her and the whole world too. But friend, don't forget this, that God was in the thorn bush. Asana, Sana. And in a very special way that only a wife can know because Asenath became Joseph's wife. In a very important special way that only a wife can know, God sent Asenath to save him. Dear Heavenly Father, how many times do we read the Bible And we get most of it, but we miss that one little piece that seals the deal. Lord, thank you that you sought out the one unnamed child in Jacob's line 
the shameful child, the rejected child, the one who could be numbered but not named, and that you and your intelligence and grand ability left it possible for us to connect the dots and find the one. Thank you. No one of us could do this. Thank you. Lord, may the lesson served here settle in every one of us. We are one too, Lord. In our life, we feel lost and alone at times. We feel the thorn bush of life. We know it's easy to be lost. We know it's hard to be found. And yet we see that the great shepherd of the sheep, that the angel of the Lord was the redeemer in all the days of past, that Jacob says he's redeeming from all my trouble. Asenath was part of his trouble. He brought her home. And Father, I pray that you will help us to never forget that Jesus will put forth the same kind of effort, the same kind of love and care to save every one of us and our children. So Lord, may we take the lesson to heart that you care about the one. You will not leave them behind. And Lord, we don't want to be left behind. If you're a person today, as I'm lifting my heart in prayer to the Lord, and you say, I feel left behind. I'm the one in my own life that's not numbered well. I want to be found. Raise your hand right now to God and say, I'm the one. Dear Father, save the one by the power and the authority of the living Christ. Save the one. In Jesus' name, save the one. Amen. That is going to conclude the message Pastor Michael Oxentanko calls Where is the One? Today's Reaching Your Heart. All of these messages can be found online, by the way, at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.